Welcome back to the Started Somewhere podcast. I'm your host, Ross Alex. I want to thank you so much for deciding to tune back in. We have a really awesome, fun, exciting episode for you today. Actually interviewing a real estate agent rock star from Atlanta, Georgia, Mr. Taylor Alexander Green. He has a great story, really awesome come up uh, to success. So tune in, sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the show. Thank you for having me, Ross. I've been following you for a while, so this is a, this is a pleasure. I saw you were making a podcast, and uh, I got excited. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I did the podcast a couple years ago, kind of just dropped the ball on it. Honestly, I did maybe like five or ten episodes, but uh, I, I just I got inspired like, I don't know, a month ago to bring it back. So this is like episode three now of The Rebirth, so it, it's great to All have right. you here, man, and uh, I'm, I'm glad to be connected. What's going on down there in uh, in Atlanta, man? Man, so yeah, we we touched on it. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy out here. Um, I haven't left the house in five days. You know, uh, it's kind of crazy out there. The stock market's all messed up. Uh, even the cryptocurrency's messed up. Uh, even the real estate's a little messed up. So it's just a little uh, interesting <laughs> out. <laughs> it's all messed up, man. So uh, the <laughs> listeners out there, if you're tuning in when we put this episode out, then, of course, you know that we are dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. Maybe you're watching this in 50 years from now. Uh, you know, there's there's some some crazy stuff happening right now in the world. And you know, Taylor, it's crazy, man. It, it I don't know if it's just me or if it's everybody, but I feel like this just happened so fast. Yeah, no, like uh, at first, no one, you know, including me, wasn't taking it like super seriously. And uh, you know, then you start seeing the measures that the government was taking, and that kind of made me uh, think about it a little differently. So. You know, one day I was like, yeah, I'm not leaving the house again until they say a vaccine is ready or something. And, uh, I mean, yeah, I was like, I don't want to take the chance of even having to go to the hospital. I don't like needles or anything like that. Like, so I'll just stay inside. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Yeah. I'm in the same boat, man. I haven't left the house in days <laughs> as well. Um, I mean, it's just, it's scary stuff, right? Because, with this whole virus right now, and, and, and I know everybody's heard enough of the virus, so I don't want to get too deep. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the scariest part is this asymptomatic transmission, right? Like you just go, you go right. to the store and the person next to you can be infected. And right. all of a sudden you're infected. So definitely uh, taking big precautions. But, I mean, even even deeper, or maybe not deeper, but... There's a whole other side of this, right? Besides just the health component, and that's mm. the economic impacts of right. this virus. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. I never, honestly, th- I, I didn't see this coming. First of all, uh, but I've never seen things escalate so fast, right? And uh, there's a oh, huge yeah. pending crisis, like almost like a like a a dynamite, right? It's about to explode. Cause I mean, it's really, it's like a domino effect, right? One thing goes, the next yeah. thing, the next thing goes, you know, I was on a conference call earlier this afternoon with a bunch of commercial, uh, commercial, you know, retail commercial owners. And, uh, you know, they're freaking out because their tenants are asking them to, uh, you know, give them leeway on the rent. 
right? Big tenants too, you know, mm. big, big, big tenants like gyms, uh, you know, cell phone stores, hair salons, like typically like yeah. businesses that would be thriving. Now everything's just coming to like a, a halt, right? Businesses have to close. They're not making revenues. So, uh, you know, it's crazy stuff yeah. and crazy, crazy stuff. Yeah, definitely the economic impact, I think, is what's most interesting to me. Uh, and just really, again, like the, uh, just the fallout that happens around uh, just as, as more businesses close, more people lose their jobs, and then what happens to them, what happens to the places they're staying in, what position does that put their landlords in, what position does it put their, landlord bank, their landlord's banks in. Like, uh, it's just like a wild uh, domino effect. Yeah, I think that's definitely what's most interesting about it. Absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, even for us real estate entrepreneurs, right? I mean, HUD seized all foreclosures and evictions for whoever, right. how long that's going to happen. You know, Bobby, honestly, right. foreclosures are a big part of my, my flipping business. Uh, well, I'll tell you, uh, our, our company uh, works mainly on foreclosures. Oh. Um, that's the that's the bread and butter. So that's interesting as well for us. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely uh, shaking up the game a, a bit. But you know, Taylor, man, you 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 reached out on Instagram. We we were talking over there, and, and you gave me a, a brief overview of your story. And the reason why I wanted to get you on here, man, is because I really believe like you have a a, a really nice, you know, interesting come up story. So let's let's tell the people. If sure. you could share with them, um, you know, an overview of who you are and, and what you do. Sure. So uh, right now I work at a real estate investment firm. Um, just not too long ago, like five years or so, it was just a group of three or four people. Um, a few years before that, it was just one person with one flip. Um, now the company flips 30, 40 houses every single month. Um, and that's just six years into the making. Uh, 50 plus employees and you know, large office space. So I'm a buyer's agent. I've been a real estate agent for uh, three years now. And uh, I work mainly off of MLS, the multiple listing service. And also with real estate wholesalers, my job is just to bring in as many acquisitions as possible. And I work specifically just with this one company. Um, so, I mean, day to day, I mean, I'm just, literally looking for looking for deals you know you kind of know where to go what a deal sounds like what a deal smells like when you do enough of them i know from day one i had no clue what i was looking at and i know a lot of other people relate to that when they uh got into the real estate world but uh the first step i'd say just massive massive action and everything else fell in place wow man so you're grinding it out right now getting these deals on mls you know, putting out offers, probably how many offers you putting out a week? Uh, so that's funny. Uh, there's a big focus on how many offers that I am able to manage to get out, but probably, uh, I'd say 30 a day is about average. So uh, about maybe, day? right. So about 150 a week. And, uh, this is all in Atlanta. Right. Yeah. Wow. Y'all got a lot of deals down there, I guess, huh? Well, it's like MLS is so competitive, and, uh, and you know, if I do a consistent 150 offers per week, that probably results in, like, five deals for that month off of MLS. So, and that doesn't mean that we could potentially be capturing more, but, again, it's very competitive. 
and it's just right place, right time. So the, the, the whole idea is just to be, try to be everywhere at all, all the time. But, you know, if you're just a solo, solo guy, just try to be everywhere at, the, at every time. Dude, it's, it's honestly, Taylor, it's, it's competitive, like in any major market, right? Um, and it's interesting, man, that we're talking about this because I built my real estate investing business on the flipping side, buying deals from the MLS. And wow, yeah. the MLS gets a lot of shit, you know, uh, <laughs> in the investor world. Uh, you know, because a lot of yeah. people... They think the deals are just, you know, they're overpriced, which they, they can be. Uh, mm -hmm. It's super competitive, right? Deals aren't lasting on there, especially in this market. I mean, you know, you're talking an hour, two, two hours on the market. Sometimes these deals are gone. Yeah. But uh, there's money to be made on the MLS, man. I tell people all the time, like, you can buy deals on the market. They're, they're right there. Like, you don't even have to do any, any struggle to get the deal. Like, you just go online. <laughs> And uh, get get hooked up with an agent and submit and submit an offer. Right, right. And that's so, essentially what we've done. Yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. So you, it sounds like you found a niche, right? You found that that niche. You teamed up with an investment company. You're 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 buying the deals for them, and getting a, a commission. Right. Yeah. Nice man. I know that there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hustle when it comes to the agent business, man. Like, I have nothing but respect for like rock star agents because it's like an eat what you kill business, right? Where right, right. I mean, most agents like you're not getting salary, right? It's like 100% commission based. So you got to go out there and, and and hustle. Right, and uh, I feel like it was a. Uh... I feel like it was more of just like a habit even like at first I just started with the massive action and then I let it just become more of a habit. Like, uh, most of the time it didn't feel like, uh, I was grinding, grinding away. Like as if it was like hurting me, it just became a habit. Like there's something I wanted to do. I didn't have other things that I was more skilled at. I wanted to be skilled at something. So it was just like full speed ahead and see what happens. Either there, you know, there was no, uh, thoughts about all right getting to point b or point c is just you know put your head down and grind and see what happens mm. so i think that made it a lot easier well this is the started somewhere show man so you know we definitely got it we got to back it up here right because a lot of people you know in 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 today's entrepreneurial world they think that it just happens overnight but you and mm, I, yeah. oh, it doesn't, right? We all we all get started. Yeah, most of us got started in the mud. So let's uh, let's take it back, man. Where were you five years ago? Oh wow! So five years ago, uh, I was working at Sam's Club. Uh, you know the big box stores, like the extra large version of Walmart, where uh, I was selling uh, back massagers. And uh, it was my first sales job. I had started listening to a lot of sales gurus during that time. And they were really, like, firing me up. I had, like, no motivation really at that time or, like, any direction. And, like, uh, these guys were basically, like, leading me, leading me the way, you know, teaching me sales concepts and, like, personal life philosophies. And uh, this is how you have a healthy perspective, like Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone kind of thing. So I was selling these massagers and I was so into it and uh, I was really good at it. It was just like, that was life for me at the time, five years ago. 
Um, but yeah, I was, I was making, uh, definitely not a lot of money at all. Uh, probably close to minimum wage, probably a little bit more selling, uh, massagers at Sam's club. Wow. Uh, so you took a sales job selling massagers. I mean, Hey, that's not a bad thing to sell, right? I mean, who doesn't want a back massage here? I see. It seems like an easy sale. <laughs> yeah. You would think, right? <laughs> I'm curious. What was the average ticket? Um, so here's the thing. If you sell one, it's not, it's not a great deal for your customer, but if you sell three at one time, that's the best deal for your customer. So I would have a field day with like, Hey, you got to get three. Like I genuinely cared about them getting the best deal. Like there was a small one, a medium and a large, if they get all three, then they're getting the best deal. And so I was really just pushing everyone to get three at a time. Wow. So uh, you're looking at about $170, I think for all three. I would never think to buy three massages at a time, <laughs> to be honest. No. Yeah, you need all three, man. You need all three. <laughs> uh, how has that job, that sales position, influenced you and helped you out now with what you're doing in the agent space? So something like that, and I recommend everyone who doesn't really know where to start an entrepreneurship get into sales because uh, that job gave me so much confidence and made me feel like I could – literally almost do anything um, just by the fact that prior to that, I was just sitting at a computer, like Googling money-making things and trying one after the other. And there was no real like interaction or real hands-on experience happening. You know, there was a lot of uh, like trial and error, but when I was like out, you know, seeing hundreds of people a day, chasing them down in the store with a massager in my hand, that's the level of uh, experience I really feel like you need to, you know, get the gist of what sales really is. Um, so that, that job gave me a ton of confidence as far as my ability to chase down a hundred people, literally throw the massager on their back. And then they're saying, no, get out my face. And I'm, you know, I'm focused on, I got to make the sale. Do they want it? They haven't said they don't want it yet. I'm going to keep asking for the sale. Like, and, uh, and I didn't even have that kind of like personal confidence myself, even to walk up to a stranger at that time. And, uh, but yet, it was my job's requirement for me to literally chase them down the aisle with a massager, telling them to put it on. And I think that just, like, really was a uh, large paradigm shift for me at that time that I said, okay, I can get out here and chase someone down. Okay, how could I translate this into something else? Now, for the people listening that have a lack of, you know, confidence in themselves, what are some things that you would say to that person to help them gain that confidence? Right. So, uh, at that time, everything that was on my mind was, uh, exposure therapy, uh, in a literal sense. Um, so, you know, I, at that time I had a bunch of anxiety, like outside of my job, I would hate to walk up to strangers. Um, I was finishing up community college and I wouldn't talk to anyone in the class or in the hallways and public speaking. I would just be like trembling. So that definitely was not my strong suit. And at that time I was just thinking, I, I remember it was just some self-help book I was reading saying uh, exposure therapy, you just have to put yourself in the position and put yourself in the position uh, over and over. And that's the only way that you'll get the opportunities to learn or kind of like find out, okay, why is my heart racing right now? Is there actually something wrong? Like, okay, no, nothing's actually wrong. Um, one I like asking is uh, like, what am I doing right now? It's like, well, okay, I'm freaking out. Okay, why am I freaking out? Oh, okay, well, there's nothing to freak out about. So. Um, literally being there, talking to hundreds of people every single day, 
doing silly stuff. Like it was just very silly. And it was the only reason it was happening was because it was my job. It didn't seem like it was real, but, um, it gave me that kind of exposure. I, I definitely recommend everyone, uh, who doesn't feel like they have that ability to step out in that kind of capacity anywhere in entrepreneurship to find a way to just, uh, get the exposure and it probably doesn't sound fun at all, but, uh, I see a high value in that, even if it's just for a couple of weeks or here and there, just do it. You just got screw it. Just do it. Right. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I took, uh, I took a public speaking class in college before I dropped out. And, uh, I remember, man, there was a time where I had to get up in front of the class and I almost, I thought I was having a heart attack. I mean, my, my, I turned bright red, heartbeats pounding, palms sweaty, <laughs> freaking out, full blown. And there's like 15 yep. people in the classroom, you know? Uh, but it's like, it's a real thing, right? Like being afraid to, yeah. to present and, and be in front of people and be social, you know, it, it's a real thing, you know, to be afraid. But I remember, man, like a year or two down the line after I had already gotten to, into business, I had a deal and uh, I wanted to, I was actually trying to wholesale that deal. I went to one of the RIAs and I got up on stage because, you know, they, they allow you to present your deal and whatnot. I was like, Screw yeah. it. I got to sell this deal. Like, this is what's stopping me, <laughs> right? Like, I have to get up on this stage and pitched this deal yeah. and I did it. Like, I just, I did it, man. And I was still freaking out, but it was like that, that one moment of awesome. just like, screw it, just do it. That really, you know, got me past. And, yeah. uh, you know, nowadays, man, I can talk on stage, do on, get on live stream, hundreds of people. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I don't freak out anymore. So I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, to, to the listener out there, if you're feeling you know, afraid or you're lacking confidence to do something. Sometimes you just got to jump in head first and whatever happens, happens. If you fall on your face, you fall on your face. You could always get back up and, and do it again. Right. Um, don't let that feeling stop you from doing what you want to do because when most of the time, like 99.9% .9 of the time, Taylor, and let me know if you agree with this. Once you do it, you realize that you were afraid of really nothing. Like it wasn't really that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. And I, and I agree. And it sounds so weird when you like, when you're in that position and you hear someone who doesn't have that problem currently say, you know, you just have to jump in. You know, I used to be skeptical back then when I heard stuff like that, but it, you have to move forward one way or another. You have to move forward at the end of the day. So I agree. You'd have to jump in. Even if you're terrified the first 10 times you jump in, you, you got to make the progress one way or another. There's no way to move forward without moving forward, even if it's a hair at a time. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it just, it, it comes, it comes with the, with the territory, right? It comes with the space, um, you know, but you're not working at Sam's Club anymore. So uh, tell us. <laughs> What happened? You know, did you, you one day you woke up and said, "I'm done selling massagers," or what? what you know, fill us in. So, so I, I'd always been entrepreneurial to that point, but uh, again, I was always like a closeted entrepreneur. Like I would never do anything bold or you know outside uh, outside of the box, really. 
I would just kind of follow into the template of everything that was easily found, the path, path of least resistance. And uh, so that sales job there kind of gave me the, uh, the eye-opening that, you know, I can take control of this with my own hands and uh, run after something. So I said, okay, I need someone to give me an opportunity. I didn't know what kind I was looking for or anything of that. I went on Craigslist and I was applying to a bunch of jobs. You know, I had an associate's degree from a community college and uh, I didn't really have anything else. So I mean, uh, I found a secretary. I don't know if the associate's degree is anything. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> well, and I'm proud of that one. Okay. I'm proud of that one because I had failed out. I had failed out of our state university first. And then I had went back to get it because I thought it would change my life. I'm just fucking <laughs> man. I'm the, I don't want to take that away from you, man. But, but, but go ahead. No, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. no I, got better, I got better things now, man. But so, you know, I was like, okay, I need someone to give me an opportunity. I applied to a bunch of random, random jobs. Uh, and I got a secretary job uh, at this investment firm. I didn't know they were the biggest rehab company in Georgia at the time. Um, I just remember I was at an interview and I heard people screaming on the phone and something about, I heard it like in my ear, the way it hit my ear, it said, wow, they're making a lot of money right now. I just heard the way I heard people on the phone. I was like, okay, they're making money in there. I said, I'm gonna do everything I can to, and like, so all the other interviews, I was really like timid and nervous. I didn't really feel like I had anything to offer or if they had something to offer me so I can lock in. Um, but I was very confident in that interview. I didn't know what it was, but I really just had to work there. Um, when I kind of heard the tempo, I was like, okay, this is like money happens here. I, I hear these people, they had that same tone of expert salespeople. They were chasing people down with the massagers in the aisle. That, that's the kind of tone that I heard. So uh, uh, I found myself working there. Um, and uh, do you just want me to explain the rest? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, of course, man. So you, 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 you did the interview and you got hired, right? Right, right. Four uh, interviews for a secretary position. Four interviews? Four interviews over uh, two or three weeks. Wow. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's intense. Um, at this point, is this, is this like the first time you were exposed to real estate? Like with this company? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't know anything about real estate. When I, when I got there. Okay. So you just, you found this gig. It looked, it looked cool. You, you went in there, you liked the energy and, uh, you got the job, right? Was the job paying a yep. salary or was it uh commission? So it was my first salary ever. And I was uh, super excited because up till then I've only made like $10 an hour or something like that. It's like minimum wage, a little over minimum wage jobs. And that was my first salary, um, just for context for, you know, early entrepreneurs. It's like in the 30,000 dollars, which is like, you know, it depends. If you're a college kid, you might be like, wow, that's, that's crazy. But if you're a little older and more experienced, you're like, wow, that's nothing. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was very excited after I got hired. And that was my first salary. Uh, no office. I had like a little desk near the filing cabinets, you know, like a little space kind of. Yeah. But, but you were in the right place, right? You're, you're around the money, right? You're around the action. Um, and I tell this to people all the time that are trying to get started in business, that want to be a, you know, a power player. You got to get around the money. You got to get around people that think like you do. Because something magical oh, yeah. happens, right? Especially, and, I, and, I, and I, on your Instagram, I see that you went to the 10X Growth Comp, right? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. It's something, something magical. Even if you know everything that the speakers are saying, just being in the room and feeling those vibrations and feeling that energy just gets you fired up. It gets you pumped up. And, uh, you know, if you're out there right now and you're feeling like a lack of motivation or you're feeling down in the dumps, you're feeling like, you know, things aren't working out for you, just get around the right people and, uh, you know, get inspired, right? Get, get inspired by what you want to, uh, what you want to do, right? What you want to have in life. So you went from secretary mm-hmm. to being uh, an agent, right? Uh, how did that happen? So um, probably two years prior, I used to always keep this phrase in my head. Um, It's like success is when preparation meets opportunity, Mm. right? And, you know, it didn't take me long to really, like, believe that I was in the right place. And I said, okay, where's the opportunity? Obviously, filing papers and, like, printing stuff, then that's not not the win here. I said, where is it? Because I know it's here. so we did have a buyer's agent at the time and uh, uh, older gentleman, very experienced agent. And uh, I remember um, hearing about like what kind of numbers, like how many like offers and deals were coming in. And then I was really thinking about it. Uh, and I said, okay, this is the guy whose job is to chase the people down in the aisle with the massagers. And then I, you know, man to man, you know, we, we became friends with coworkers. So I'm thinking, I couldn't help thinking of myself over, over the first year, I was like, man, I know I can run down the aisle and put more massagers on people's backs. Mm. You know, it was plain and simple. I was thinking about it. You know, I knew the type of hunger that I had. And uh, like I said, this is like an older gentleman, maybe a little more comfortable with the role. But um, at this point, I'm highly motivated. I don't know when I can get another opportunity like this. You know, and so it was kind of make or break for me. If I didn't work out here, you know, it would be back to another $10, $12 an hour job, something like that. Um, so I told my boss one day, I said, Hey, uh, you know, I got to try doing that, that job. And he was surprised because he's like, what's this guy know about anything? And, you know, totally right. And I gave him the whole spiel. I was like, Hey, like, you know, I'm just looking for an opportunity. Um, I am that guy. I do have the hunger for this. Um, just let me see what happens. And so, uh, I think it was my first week I had gotten four deals under contract that we closed on. And then, like, a few more the following week. Uh, I think that was definitely probably one of my best weeks I've ever had as far as uh, how many deals I can get under contract. Um, but I think that just really showed what kind of, like, hunger that I had at the moment. I knew that was the moment, and I had to make that happen because um, I really didn't see any other way. Uh, and who knows, another opportunity could have came. But um, when, you're, when you feel like you're prepared and you see an opportunity, you got to do everything you can to – capitalize on opportunities because uh, you never know when the next opportunity is coming. Wow, man. Um, that's awesome. And, and you, of course you, you got licensed somewhere. You didn't, you didn't speak on that, but <laughs> assuming right. you got licensed when you had told your boss, Hey, I want to do this. And then you went uh, somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere but, in that time frame, yeah, I got okay. licensed. Okay. 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 <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, for anybody out there that wants to be a real estate agent, you do have to uh, go through some sort of like a course, a training academy and, and get licensed to practice. You know, uh, right. you, you, you said something man, earlier that I want to touch on. You said that you thought that if you didn't make this work, 
then you might be forced to go back to a 10 to $12 an hour job. Um, what do you think about the saying, winners win regardless? Yeah, so... that apply to you? I believe, I believe in that nowadays, but again, my confidence back then, it wasn't strong enough to believe in a lot of the stuff that I do fully believe in now. So at the time, I, I do think uh, I would have... Uh, I don't know how much I would have believed in that. Although it is true, but it's so hard to see yourself as a winner when you're not really showing signs of winning yet. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that is true, man. And that touches on the subject of, of mindset, right? How important right. is mindset to you? Yeah. I mean, today it's everything. I mean, it's the only reason I feel like I can do any of the stuff that I have planned over the next years, anything I've thought about and goals, it's all based on my mindset and that me personally can get there and, and you know, whether the opportunity is there or not, I, I'd make it happen. And again, I had like a, a fragile version of that mindset years ago. Um, and it's just strengthened over the years. The more, the more wins you get, it piles up and you get more confidence in your ability to go get more wins. Mm, I like it, man. So how many uh, how many deals are you doing now uh, with the with the company you're with? So uh, I've done over a hundred deals since that first day, nice. and uh, about fifty fifty MLS and wholesale. And so, uh, that, oh, man, you you drive a Tesla, don't you? I, I do, I do. Taylor, man, we gotta <laughs> talk, bro. We got to talk, man, because I've always wanted to get behind the seat of a Tesla, bro, and try out that autopilot. <laughs> Let me tell you, I use the autopilot almost every day. Back before quarantine, I use the autopilot almost every day. And uh, the car is super fast. I, I, you know, I go racing, with, you know. <laughs> I'm jealous, man. It's super you, fast. You might inspire me to go out and buy one, bro. You're not the first I, person who's told me that. <laughs> I like the idea of never paying for gasoline again, bro. Just, I don't yeah, know. man. It's, it's real. It's real. Right? You got to drive a lot in real estate. So, hey, just let me know when you get yours so you can use my referral fee. <laughs> I like it. Look at you, man. Always closing. I like it, man. You know, bro, uh, people are going to see the Tesla, right? Which is not a cheap car. You know? People are going to see the results. Mm. They're going to see the deals. They're going to see what you're doing now. But man, oh man, I'm sure there were some challenges along the way, right? Let's talk oh, yeah. about that. What, what would you say is the biggest challenge you faced since you've been in the game? Uh, so personally, a lot of it is, uh, you know, I caught myself many times wanting to move the needle faster. And, uh, you know, um, it was moving fast enough for sure. But there's times where, you know, I wanted to skip. Okay, well, this is cool. Let's skip the chapter. Let's skip a few chapters, you know. Um, I, and I don't know what that relates to. But, like, if you're in school, it's like, or you're reading a book, and you're on chapter two, but it's like, all right, I want to see what happens at the end. You're trying to skip chapters. Mm-hmm. And uh, that became, like, a point of friction for me. You know, I said, okay, well, I know I can do this. All right, when do I get to buy the Lamborghini, you know? Uh, let's just skip to that, you know. Or when do I get the, the jet in the big house, you know, uh, Mm. And yeah, so it be- it became really frustrating to learn principles of patience, you know, st- or strategic patience. Um, yeah, as much as I loved was doing and it was working out, 
you know, I, I did doubt how, how much longer I could do it or um, what I should be doing next. Like I needed to level up again or keep it, keep it rolling, which of course I do. But uh, it, I would say any struggle during these times, this time or in the past was mostly just internal, internal conflict uh, based on, uh, okay, I'm making money. Uh, I got to go buy cars. I remember uh, I was 22 and it was like after my first full year of good acquisitions, and I went and bought a brand new BMW. I moved to like the expensive part of town, and uh, I was looking for someone to hand me a trophy. Almost, mm-hmm. I said, "Hey, look, you know, I got the whole thing figured out. You know, someone gave me a trophy and a Lamborghini and a big house. So, you know, I'm here." And uh, and then it starts to settle in. Okay, uh, this this whole thing is about the ultimate goal here is about uh, it's about your your hustle being you know. It's your hustle. It's nothing to do with the objects that are attached or the prizes and stuff. You know, it's like, what do you, you know, you might just have opportunities, but that doesn't mean that has to be your, your, your place of landing. You know, then you can really start to go into, all right, what do I want to hustle? What do I want to hustle at? Maybe I want to invent something or, or build a software company or, um, you know, but that was just the, that was just the opportunity. And the finish line technically doesn't even exist. Mm. Yeah, man. Uh, a lot of people out there, I see this all the time. You know, we live in a world where everything, you know, social media, people's image online, they're so caught up with, you know, you know, the, the image that they put out there. A lot of people get into the game, they make a few dollars and they go out and buy stupid shit. And then they realize really quickly that they didn't have as much money as they thought they did. <laughs> And they're right back where they started, right? Uh, it's not a smart thing to do, y'all. Yeah. It's not a smart thing, you know. I would tell anybody out there, when you first start making money, just stack it. Stack it. Stash it away until you have enough money, you feel comfortable to use that money to make more money. You know? My, my, yeah. my number is 100 grand cash. I, I don't know. What what? Well, what do you think? How much should somebody have stacked up before they start investing their own money? A uh, hundred's a good number. I mean, uh, that's a good number for sure. I mean, because how many people have a hundred thousand dollars in cash? Just statistically speaking, uh, not a lot. Not I, a lot at all. I don't know, but I mean, I feel, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like you know, you you see a lot of people that. They're like, hey, I have 5,000 bucks. You know, what should I invest it in? What stock should I buy? What crypto should yeah. I buy? Uh, what you should do with that five grand is you should invest in yourself. Spend that money on a seminar, hire a coach, right? Buy some books. Yeah. Because five grand. Yeah, I'm happy to hear you say that. Ain't going to make you a million dollars, you know, the five grand. You know, you got to stack up a little bit uh, of money, uh, you know, before, you know, maybe you'd buy an equipment for a business or something, but. You know, I'm happy to hear you say that because that that is spot on. I I hear I used to think that way all the time. Like, how can I invest this thousand dollars to turn into twenty? It's yeah. better to spend a thousand dollars on a course or a coaching. Like, it, it's better. Exactly. Just invest in yourself. I mean, unless yeah. you're like a super high IQ individual that somehow figures <laughs> out the next biggest thing, right? Like back in the <laughs> people were buying Bitcoin. Yeah. Any. 
and then you just yeah. But I mean, statistically, <laughs> right? Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, like that's not gonna happen. Mm-hmm. You're gonna need to yeah, yeah. play the long term, the long term game. And uh, yeah, yeah. Invest in yourself, right? It's important. And I know you've invested in yourself. You know, quick look at your Instagram. By the way, guys, for the listeners out there, connect with Taylor on Instagram. It's Taylor Alexander Green. But, I mean, you definitely are a guy that invests in yourself. You know, that's clear. And uh, I'm sure that that's what, what has helped you get to where you are right now. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What are some of your favorite books, man? Uh, let's see. Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Um, I say that's one of my favorites just because it, it's, it's a simple concept. Uh, everything you do, everything you do compounds, right? But the thing that stuck with me in that book is that everything that you do negatively or that you don't do also compounds in a negative direction. Mm. So, uh, you know, people think, okay, yeah, compound effect moving forwards, but also it works the same way in reverse. Uh, when you don't, you know, you don't do something for three days in a row, that will compound uh, ideas like that. Um, Dude, I, I would say like even. I, I, let me let me touch on that real quick, man. That that there's if I had a gong right now, I'd bang the gong because that's <laughs> powerful. Holy smokes, that is powerful. I haven't read that book. I'll be honest with you. I'm gonna read it now. Okay. Thank you for the suggestion. All right. But everything that you do negatively compounds as well, man. Look, there have been times where I'll go on like a week. A week. I'll take a week and I won't do anything. Literally any. I'll just Mm -hmm. sit on my couch. I'll play video games. I'll watch TV, you know, Netflix, whatever. It's like an off week, right? Feeling down or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that it just like spirals like that one day leads to the next day that leads to the next day. I tell myself, all right, the next day I'm going to snap out of it. But it's like, I already just did it for three days. So now it's like, okay, I do another day of this, you know, <laughs> screwing off. And then when I finally snap yeah. out of it and I'm back to my hustle and back to my grind, it's like, well, now I got to catch up on the four or five days that I just did nothing. And it's just like, it just feels bad. Right. It just it doesn't feel oh, yeah. Well, it sneaks up on us all. It always sneaks up on us, and no one, no one sees that negative side until, until it's real. Mm, you know. Yeah. So I try to make sure to do math. I try to do math with myself. Uh, those negotiations. Every time I try to pass up on something I know I should be doing, uh, I'm making an internal negotiation. And when I pass up on something I should be doing, the chances that I'm getting a bad end of the deal in that negotiation with myself is very high. You know, I might say, oh, you know what? Um, actually, I'll just watch TV instead of work on this website because I worked a lot earlier today and uh, this new show is out and it's Friday. So I should watch the TV and not work on the website. Like, we're, we're very good at negotiating with ourselves and we're always going to give ourselves the, the worst deal. Most times, like, uh, we're going to give ourselves the, the bad deal. Yeah. And it always, like, we're good at, we're good at selling ourselves, man. <laughs> so that that is applicable to probably everybody except for Gary V, right? I don't think, I don't think he's Gary good at negotiating with himself. That man right there. Do you follow? Do you follow Gary V? Yeah, yeah, for years. Yeah. Every time I'm like 
not on my game. I watch Gary Vee and I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm not doing enough. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Beast. <laughs> I don't think Gary does anything other than work, but. Um, and you need someone to tell you. Was that? It's like we, we, it was like you need someone to tell you, you know, Gary will tell it to you straight. And it's like we all set these goals and it all comes down to like, do you really want it? All right, now look at your actions. And it sucks. Like, it, it, no one likes looking in the mirror at that in that context. But, you know, do you really want your goals? All right, now look at your actions. All right, now you're seeing you're making bad deals with yourself that are not going to get you to your goal at the time you pictured you would be there. So then the time passes, you're not at your goal, and you're wondering the math didn't work out. You're not where you wanted to be because you made all these bad deals with yourself along the way. Mm. Guys, listen, write that one down, throw it up on the whiteboard. There's power in that. Don't, don't negotiate a bad deal for yourself. So yeah. let me ask you this, Taylor. Let's talk about work-life balance. Do you believe in work-life balance? Like, I do. I do. Okay. Explain. Uh, so, uh, the, uh, you know, everyone knows there's times where you get very stressed or you feel like you're overworked. Um, even when you're not overworked and you still feel overworked, um, you know, I believe in mental health, you know, and, uh, you know, self, self-help. Um, you know, sometimes you, you need to go, even if you don't have 50 bucks to go get a massage, take the 50 bucks and go get a massage. Or if you don't like walking in the park by yourself, go walk in the park by yourself like whatever you really need to do you do have to put yourself first um and some people are workaholics it gets to be that way or you feel like you have momentum and you don't want to take your foot off the gas pedal because you're scared that you might take a whole week off the gas pedal you got to build that trust with yourself to know okay i am going to take a day off and i'm going to rest and do stuff that i need to do for myself and you need to have that if you have that trust with yourself then you'll be able to actually achieve that balance where you can be a workaholic from 6 a.m. to, to 8 p.m. for three days in a row, but you can trust yourself to take a whole half day off to go to the movies by yourself and go get a massage and then get right back on it. So how do you know when there's true balance uh, versus it swaying too far to one side? So one, you know, you got to keep your goals in mind. You know, I, I keep two whiteboards in my living room here and one has my goals for like the next couple of months. One has papers on it for the next several uh, years. Just, and these are things to keep in mind. Like one, am I progressing towards my goals at a, a pace that I'm okay with? And I don't mean like if I say I need to be here by 2024, that, that's fine and all. But again, like what comes first is your happiness. Do I feel like um, I'm becoming unhappy by this ambitious goal. If so, then it's okay to lay off the gas a little bit, take care of yourself, maybe switch up pace a little bit or change your goal altogether. Um, I mean, the end game is that you're just trying to make sure you're, you're happiest 24 seven, you know, you're never going to be fully happy, but, um, you don't want to be necessarily relaxed, but, uh, it's what like the Warren I Buffett. Ta- what? Well, it's like, it's like the uh, Warren Buffett tap dancing to work. So that's kind of like the mindset you want to be in. Like you're excited to, to you're excited for, for the day. You're headed to work, you know, work is work. You're headed to work, but you're, you know, you're, you're, uh, 
you're, you feel free about it. You know, like, you know, if I didn't go today at all, I would still be happy. If I didn't go to work today at all, I'd be happy, but you know, I'm going today or uh, kind of like a, uh, just a relaxed mindset about it, but you don't want to be totally relaxed to the point where you're not, it's a balance, I think, between your happiness and, uh, and I guess how much, how much your goals mean to you. Does money make you, that sound about right? does money buy happiness? So uh, contrary to belief, uh, it, it does not, but money does buy pleasures. I money agree. buys pleasures, okay. which, uh, which can only be temporary and have to be restocked with more money. Mm. Um, a, better, a better alternative is to uh, explore life as much as possible and find what makes you happy and then get as much of that as possible. That isn't money. That 99% of the time, that itself is not going to be money. That's going to be something else. Uh, money can help you get there or create a career out of it, but uh, money is definitely not the target. Mm. Money buys pleasures, but it's only temporary. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with yeah. you, man. I agree. Uh, I don't care which one of my idols or mentors says otherwise. Uh, I'm firm. Money alone doesn't buy happiness, in my opinion. Um, right. No, there's a lot of things that money can't buy. We all want to make money. I want to make money. You want to make money. The listeners yeah. want to make money. You can't, you can't buy certain things, right? You can't buy health. You can't buy, uh, you can't buy love. You, just, you can't. You can't buy fulfillment. You can't buy Personal fulfillment. fulfillment. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like being the richest man or woman in the world but having no friends or family. Well, are those pleasures, like, really pleasurable? Maybe. And some people would argue, some people would argue that it's still worth it in that it, it's context. It's subjective. It is. It is. <laughs> it's very subjective. You know, it is. Yeah. To me personally, I, I could not be happy experiencing certain things like all by myself. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, just the type of person I am, I like sharing, you know, sharing experiences with people. Um, but I mean, it's all, it's all subjective, right? You know, yeah. um, good stuff, man. And I know on, on, on IG, man, you told me that you've done some traveling. Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of ties into it where, uh, you know, I had this suspicion that life has a lot more to offer than what I, um, had presumed that it did. So I said during that time, I was just buying flashy stuff, and I thought that was what was making me happy. And uh, I realized that stuff wasn't really doing anything. It wasn't doing really anything for me. Mm. You know, uh, going on fancy dates, uh, you know, flashy car, you know, stuff like that. It wasn't really doing anything. It was fun. It was lots of fun, and it was pleasure, like I said, but uh, it wasn't really adding, any, adding anything to my, like, life experience. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I took off. I didn't tell anyone. I just took off one day. They were calling me at work, uh, you know, asking where I was at. I was like, yeah, I'm on a plane. I was like, country. Um, <laughs> no way. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, I, I don't recommend anyone does that, but I had a very, uh, specific, uh, or unique relationship with my, uh, my employer. Um, you know, we were just like more friends than my boss 
So it was very understood. And, uh, you know, I went out traveling and my goal was to uh, circle the entire world and, uh, see, see what, to see what's out there that I'm not seeing, because I felt like I was living in a box and I was filling the box with money and shiny things. And I said, okay, let me just ditch the box altogether. Um, I don't need the money and shiny things. Let me see what's out here. And so I went to go see, you know, world wonders and, um, a lot of great history and people and some amazing sites. And, uh, I think that trip alone, just the people I met and how, how, how they were towards me and how I felt towards them. And like, uh, I think that really opened, opened my eyes to, okay, there's a lot out here as far as a life experience. Um, and that, that to me had so much value. I said, okay, so, um, me having a rich life experience, that's worth, how many millions of dollars is that worth? And I said, I can't even count how many millions of dollars that's worth. And so I was thinking, okay, so what value does money itself really have if that's the case? And I was saying, well, it really only has the power to book me a plane ticket to get me here or, you know, even if it's not traveling, I mean, even if it's, it's like anything else. It's a big part of it, right? Because <laughs> I'm yeah, sure yeah, like, the world wonders that like uh... – you gotta buy a ticket. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta pay to get in. <laughs> right, right. And I was thinking about that. I was like, all right, so money is just like a tool to access the real experience of life, almost. So you, you need money. It's like an entry. No, nothing, nothing that's really gonna fulfill you. It's hard to find something that's totally, totally free that you can just get around. But the traveling for me was like, you know, I. I made sure to go to places that were very wealthy and then also places that were very poor. And so I could like just contrast and mainly see how I feel about these things. And what stuck out just so largely is that the people who were in these, you know, places that didn't have anything, they were, they, they had like a kind of richness inside that I think is rare. And I'm in like, you know, I said a very nice part of a uh, town in Atlanta and the, the kind of richness that these people had in their soul, the, the happiness, you know, their, their confidence, you know, it was really shocking. And so I was thinking, okay, so these people don't have a lot of money. Money is not what made these people happy, you know, clear as day. All these people are so happy and they don't have any money. So clearly uh, there's a disconnect from what we think money does here. And I knew that going on the trip, I knew that that's the conclusion that I would find, but seeing it first person really uh, stuck it to me. Cause then me personally, I said, okay, so I don't need to stress about money necessarily. When I'm starting a business or working on a deal or anything like that, I don't even need to stress about money because the money is not what's going to make me happy anyways. The money is a non-factor almost. Uh, and it'll let me focus more on what the actual goal is and why I'm doing it rather than thinking about how much money I'm going to make from it or how much that it costs. So when I'm approaching things, if, I, if there's something that I have a goal and I know my, my happiness is aligned with it, you know, I'll cut the check, even if it's a big one, and I, I would be scared to do that. I'll cut the check. It's just money. It's replaceable. The money doesn't mean anything to me in that context. It's not going to cause unhappiness because um, I'm just thinking about what's aligning with my goal. And then same with the returns. If I'm doing something, I'm not thinking about I'm going to make this much money from this. I'm just thinking about this is aligned with my goals. I just, something I have to do. It's just something I have to do. The money is not the, uh, the, the star of the show. Yeah. Know? I mean, the money comes and goes, right? It comes right. and it goes. 
I mean, <laughs> flying, for example, right? I mean, I'm sure we've all set an economy before, but you up there, <laughs> first class. I mean, first class is a lot better, right? Yeah, I pay for it. It's a lot better. So you need that money to uh, to get you there. So I agree, man. Money is a tool. And uh, it's like the the abundance the abundance mindset, which which yeah. you hear so much. It, it it falls with that. So Taylor, I want to I want to switch gears here, man. Great stuff uh, so far, and and, and listeners. Uh, Thank you so much for being here and uh, sticking with us, you know, going here towards uh, the end of the show. We're going to be wrapping up soon, but I do have a few more questions for you because somebody out there right now is listening to this podcast. They're getting inspired and uh, that person's at a crossroad right now, right? They're like, I want to go big. I want to make money. Maybe that person's working at, you know, a Sands club or, or, or Walmart or whatever they're in sales. And they need that one thing, that one bit of advice, that one catalyst to get them off their butt and get them into gear. So what would you tell somebody your best advice uh, to get started? All right. So uh, this is one I think uh, just a few days ago really uh, started hitting me big time. But uh, I I like this one. So uh, you, you get an opportunity to learn something every time. Every time you do something, you get opportunity to learn from the result. So I would say out of anything is massive action. No matter what it is, you have to do, you have to go into action. And no matter win, lose, or draw, you're going to learn. I did this and the result was that. And, you know, they talk about taking losses. Uh, That shouldn't even be the concern in that stage, it should just be, I need to learn as much as possible based on the results of what I'm doing. It doesn't matter what you do, honestly. You could get a job at a grocery store and say, I wonder what happens if I bag a 1,000 groceries today. You just got to do action at something and then see what happens. Maybe your manager comes up to you and says, wow, did you really bag a 1,000 bags of groceries today? That's pretty cool. So tiny lesson, you learned I performed highly at bagging these groceries and the person who is my boss and signs our checks came up and acknowledged me. That's interesting piece of data. Um, the small things all around, no matter what it is, you have to take action. And that's the only way you can learn. You get the opportunity to learn from taking action, whether you win or lose, there's a lesson and just not to miss the opportunity to learn a lesson. Uh, there's no point in taking a bunch of action if you don't, you, if you don't uh, take the time to be aware of what the result was and the learning value. There's learning value in every decision, and if we miss the value, you stay in the same place. That's how you end up spinning your wheels. You've got to take the learning value. It might look like it takes forever, but no one said it was going to be easy to uh, achieve your dreams and your goals. You know, it's going to potentially take a whole lot of effort and a whole lot of uh, wins and losses. But, I mean, I've been doing wins and losses, reading self-help books, Grant Cardone and all that for for seven years. And I just got my test well last year. So, mm. you know, it takes a while. You got to stick to it. You know, I'm going to keep doing it and we'll see where I'm at in another seven years. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the finish line, right? What's uh, What's next for you? What's in store for you? You know, where do you see yourself 
in the future? Let's talk about that. So um, I started thinking about uh, real estate for me is like a, uh, you do a deal and then poof, it's gone. It closed, it's gone. You get money in return. And then, you know, I already explained how I thought about my relationship with money. Yeah. So I was thinking I need to be building something. I either need to be doing this and using the money to build something that I can scale and turn into an empire um, rather than just do a deal, get some money, spend the money and just rinse and repeat. Um, so I'm learning technical skills right now. I'm trying to become a software developer. I'm learning from scratch. I'm just using my hustle powers. You know, I have the confidence that I'm a hustling person. You know, uh, you can learn anything on the internet. If you have some hours on your hand, it's just like going to the gym. People who go to the gym every day or people who, you know, take out time to read every day. You just got to take the time out, work on it every day. And, uh, I eventually went to start a software company. Um, I have always been very interested in uh, just the ability to use software to change lives, use software to make people's lives easier or um, make hard tasks into simple tasks using software, um, especially business processes um, and automation, you know, fourth industrial revolution type stuff. Um, so that's kind of where I'm pointed as well as uh, space. Honestly, Elon Musk has inspired me I think the new space race and the colonization plans of Mars and the moon is going to start a whole new commercial, a whole new commercial industry, uh, space tourism, uh, Virgin Galactic, Richard Branson, Jeff Bezos and Blue Moon. All these companies are spending billions of dollars in the space arena. And uh, I think uh, if I start now in seven years, I might be positioned to launch a really cool space company, you know, and I think that would be the coolest thing if you told that to me when I was 13 years old. I would say that's the coolest thing in the world. Dude, we're going to speak that into existence. <laughs> Seven years from now, we're going we to come back to this podcast. Hey, this is, started, this is started somewhere podcast. Hey. Hey, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude. Hey, man. So software, bro. I'm all about software. Uh, I've actually been involved yeah. in software space for like three or four years now. Um, I mean, that's like what I do. Like 50% of my time is spent in developing softwares like, you know, SaaS companies to help people in business do things more efficiently. So uh, let's, let's definitely talk yep. offline and stay connected in that, in, that, in, that, in, that, uh, in that space because, you know, maybe we could bounce some ideas around. Maybe you have some ideas uh, that I could yeah. make billions of dollars off of. No, I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, dude, software, man, a lot, a lot of money to be made in the tech space, man. It's insane. Yeah. Like, uh, the kid that started Oculus, right? The kid was like, he's like 18, 18 years old or something. I don't know. He's like spent all his, all of his like high school years, uh, like attending like tech camps and learning how to build code software and do all types of different stuff. Created Oculus himself and sold it to Facebook for like hundreds of millions of dollars. Like it's insane. In his flip flops and his Hawaiian, in his Hawaiian. I mean, does that not sound fun to you? It's the best. It's this best. I'm, I, I'm like, the kid's my hero. The kid's like, oh, yeah. you can only imagine high school, like all his high school peers are all at parties and stuff, and he's just in his garage just building, building this thing, and his cash is out for like 500 million bucks. And it's like, yeah, check That's me out. That's what I'm talking now. about. Check me out now. <laughs> uh, 
Taylor, man, if you were to start all over tomorrow, right? Snap the finger. It's all gone. Everything's gone. Everything you work for is gone. And you're back five years ago working back at Sam's Club. What would you do differently knowing what you know now? Oh, man. Uh, I used to worry so much about how other people saw my progress. And uh, that slowed me down so much. I, I would do exactly what I did the first time, but I would, uh, all of the wasted time that I spent, um, and all the money that I spent trying to, uh, uh, think about how other people's other people were perceiving me and their opinions, uh, weighing against my goal. Obviously a lot of entrepreneurs, these are very, uh, heartfelt goals that they have and they're facing a lot of adversity, uh, as even just from people's opinions when they put out these big goals and they say them out loud, I totally get that. And I went through it, but I would say, uh, all those people, they, they don't need to, you don't need to worry about it at all because you will make progress and you will proceed to your goal. And as you start getting there, people aren't going to say anything to you anymore. Uh, because you'll see they're in basically in the same place that they were time will pass and you just got to make progress. That's all that matters. Dude. I love it, man. Well, Taylor, man, thank you so much for being here on the show. Really, really enjoyed it. Uh, for the listeners out there that want to connect with you, what's the best place for them to do so? So uh, Instagram is my three names, Taylor Alexander Green. And uh, I post on there, uh, you know, just a little bit, maybe a little more in the future. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I'd love to connect with you guys there. All right. Awesome. Sounds good. Yeah. And we'll link that in the show notes. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Uh, Taylor, again, man, thank you so much for dropping value. And I uh, look forward to seeing what you're going to be doing in the coming uh, future. Thanks, man. Start it somewhere. <laughs> hey, that's what it's all about. Take care, man. All right. All right, my friends. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And uh, if you did, go ahead and drop us a comment or a review wherever you're tuning in. I'm going to have some uh, awesome content planned out for the next couple of weeks, so make sure to subscribe to the show. And of course, we'll see you in the next episode. Take care.